0: worldly listeners it's Zach I am here to tell you that we are dropping in an exciting episode from reset, one of the other podcasts on the Fox Media Podcast Network. reset's episode is about Apple removing an app that's been used by pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong. And it turns out that that has pretty broad implications for democracy around the world, and it's a really big issue. So if you're interested in that, check out this episode. And remember, if you like it, you should subscribe to Reset for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Enjoy, worldly listeners.
1: Mary Hoy, you've been reporting on the months-long protests in Hong Kong for the news website Quartz. How does it feel to be on the ground when all of this is going on?
2: It is a highly energetic, powerful, charged moment, or a series of moments, long series of moments. It's not just a political movement, um, it's very much a, a a movement made up of many, many different individuals who each have their own stories to tell, Because this protest movement has been largely leaderless, so much of it is organized online.
1: Mary, you recently reported a story for Quartz about an app that's being used by pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong. Can you explain how the app works and, and how protesters are using it?
2: As a protester, you might pull up your phone to figure out, okay, where should I go next? What's happening up front, um, just out of eyeshot? And pull up this map, where you will then see all sorts of symbols um, showcasing where police might be, where they might be moving in from. Places to avoid if you don't want to get hit by blue-dyed water cannons. Where you might want to avoid if... An orange flag has been raised, which means that rubber bullets might be fired
1: imminently. From the very start, Apple wasn't sure what to do about HKmap.live. It's designed to help protesters and residents in Hong Kong locate police and demonstrations. And when it was initially submitted to the App Store, Apple rejected it. But then Apple changed its mind and approved it, before finally banning it a few days later. That was two weeks ago now. Apple got slammed for the decision, notably by U.S. lawmakers, Democrat and Republican, who wrote CEO Tim Cook a letter expressing their concern. Now, we've been hearing a lot about how American businesses have been walking a fine line with China. The gaming company Activision Blizzard got caught up in this, and so did the NBA, even LeBron James. But in the case of Apple... The decision it makes now could alter how every government views its role in dictating what companies can and should do. I'm Ariel Zumros. ross This is Reset. Right now, people in Hong Kong are still using HK Map Live. Except that instead of accessing it through an iPhone app, they're getting it through a browser or an Android app. Here's how it works. Mary Hoy again.
2: I open up Chrome, I type in hongkongmap.live, and I will then see the page load with a map of Hong Kong. It will look very much like OpenStreetMap or uh, Google Maps where you see the whole of Hong Kong. And let's say there's a protest going on just down the road from me in the neighborhood of Causeway Bay, and it's uh, often been kind of a flashpoint of protests. So I'll open the app up, zoom in to the neighborhood of Causeway Bay, and see OK, at this intersection, there are X number of protesters gathered here at this time. And then maybe a block away is a, a, a squad of police. And I would see kind of symbols uh, for the police. The, the symbol that the map uses is a, a dog emoji for the police um, and working emojis for protesters.
1: <laughs> really? Yes, is there a significance behind using the, the dog emoji for police? Um,
2: it's an insult, I suppose, uh, that protesters have adopted for the police. There was actually a vote taken earlier on asking uh, users on Telegram, this is the Telegram channel for Hong Kong Met Live, should we continue using the dog emoji for the police or should we use the police emoji for the police? And actually, the overwhelming response was to continue using the dog emoji for police.
1: Okay, so it is 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 it is Hong Kong user approved. Dog emoji. It is. All right. So you are still currently using this app. Yes. But everybody seems kind of upset with Apple for having removed it from the App Store. Does this actually matter that Apple did that?
2: I think it matters on uh, several different grounds. First of all, it is seen as an act of censorship, I suppose, on the part of Apple to take off this app And it seems directly in response also to uh, pressure from China. So what happened really was that the app maker had applied to put this app on the Apple App Store. And it was uh, after a bit of back and forth, it was finally approved. But soon after, uh, Chinese state media came out with a commentary and said that Apple, um, by approving this app, had made a... Uh, unwise and reckless decision, and that this app was, quote, poisonous. And so Apple felt the heat and I think then decided, in response to this criticism from Chinese state media, uh, decided to ban the app.
1: Right. Apple said that their reason for removing the app from the App Store was because it was being used to target police officers and, and sort of facilitated violent attacks. Do you think that's true?
2: There is no evidence to prove that that has been the case at all. And in fact, not only is there no evidence, that's not at all how the app works. If Apple had taken the time to actually use the app and uh, look at how it actually works, um, they will realize that it's actually impossible and not within kind of the nature uh, of the app to be able to provide information on where exactly what a single individual officer or even a team of officers might be. Where do things stand with Apple now? I think to a lot of Hong Kongers, Apple's decision is just the latest in a string of what many see as foreign and mostly American companies kind of capitulation under Beijing, China pressure to toe the Communist Party's ideological line. And to many Hong Kongers, I guess this shows that uh, many of these companies are putting profits ahead of values of freedom and democracy.
1: And this isn't the only way that tech companies have sort of capitulated to the Chinese government. Um, and Apple has actually done this in a, in a number of ways. It, it took down the Taiwanese flag emoji from iPhone keyboards and removed your news organization's app from the Chinese app store. The, the Quartz News app right now is no longer available in China. Are you the reason that that the Quartz News app was uh, removed from the Chinese app store? It's hard to say,
2: isn't it? Because they didn't give an exact reason. But given the timing, I would think that at least my and my colleagues' uh, coverage of Hong Kong protests uh, likely factored into the decision. So how do you feel about that? I take it uh, partly as a compliment that our work, I suppose, uh, has reached into the Chinese state apparatus enough um, that they would rather it not be seen uh, by their own citizens. But of course, it. I, I also see it as a kind of egregious affront to, to press freedom. And I'd much rather that
1: not happen at all. Mary Hoy is a reporter for Quartz. Mary, thank you so much for talking to me. I know it's late and I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Free speech, democracy. Apple's actions undermine those values, but... Could it have done things any differently? That's after the break. Nilay Patel, you are the editor-in-chief of The Verge, and you've been covering Apple for years. What happened between Apple and China?
0: A lot of things are going on between Apple and China. China is one of Apple's biggest markets. It's where Apple manufactures most of its products. And it's where Apple has, I think, the biggest conflict between its ideals and its values and the reality of an authoritarian government. So Apple taking out this app that protesters in Hong Kong were using to sort of coordinate their protests is obviously a concession to the government. The big problem is that Apple says it was its own decision. It didn't blame the Chinese government for the pressure. It said, we've looked at the app. Uh, we've had reports. We see, we've see. we been told that this app is being used by protesters to target the police, commit acts of violence. None of this is supported. There's no proof of this. Um, and they said, well, you know, the, the Hong Kong authorities have, have told us this is a problem, so we're just going with it. I think that is a mistake. It's a mistake for Apple to enter that sort of value judgment zone mm-hmm. when everyone kind of knows the real truth, which is the Chinese government is pressuring Apple to remove this app. They could have just passed that buck. And the fact that they didn't, that is like the center point of the conflict to me.
1: Why would it have been more strategic for Apple to say, you know what, we're removing this app because China asked us?
0: So Apple has an out. Every company has an out. You have to follow the law of the countries where you're doing business. It's true of the United States. Oftentimes the United States wants to pass policies that Apple doesn't like. Uh, A a notable one is breaking encryption in iMessage. Right. If the United States government decides that encryption needs a backdoor, Apple has no choice but to comply. They have to comply with what the government says. In this case, they have to comply with what the Chinese government wants.
1: Why would Apple blame its own sort of values judgment here, blaming the app and the way that it's used instead of blaming China? Why would it do that?
0: I think Apple has a strong interest in not irritating the Chinese government, especially in the context of this larger trade war, which doesn't seem to be reaching a conclusion where the majority of its products, the vast majority of its products might might see increased tariffs as they're imported to the United States, where the Chinese government does have the ability to sort of shape the Chinese economy where they could see their sales in China fall. That is a critical market for Apple. Their financial performance every quarter is actually affected in, in, in meaningful ways. So the Chinese government has just a lot of control over Apple's business. Not to mention, they actually manufacture their products there. So that's just a lot of exposure to the Chinese government. This is a small hit, I think, for Apple. If you look at their stock price, unaffected by all of this in a way that...
1: Uh, not affected at all.
0: Doesn't, I mean, going up in uncertain
1: days. What is your judgment of how Apple is handling this?
0: I think if Apple does want to be a values-driven company... It's going to have to come to a reckoning with China and the fact that it has this massive exposure to China. And the fact that in the Chinese market, it has capitulated to demands it would never capitulate to in the American market. So iCloud servers in China are run by a Chinese firm with Chinese state investment potentially control. Unlike you know the, the web in China is closed down, Apple closes the App Store. They are in charge of what gets in and out of that store. So they removed the Quartz app from the App Store because it was illegal. Why right, is it illegal? the Quartz News app. The Quartz News app. Why was that app illegal? Because they were covering the protests in Hong Kong. That is a huge problem for Apple, especially now as they're extending their reach just from selling hardware, from selling an operating system to uh, news and entertainment. Apple runs Apple News. Is Apple News going to be censored if they decide to extend it to China? Well, that is a huge decision for them to make. Uh, there were reports that Apple TV Plus showrunners were asked to make sure that their shows didn't offend China. That is a huge decision for Apple to make. It is a decision that other Hollywood studios routinely make, Mm -hmm. but it's a new set of decisions for Apple to make, especially with a CEO who says privacy is a fundamental human right, who has Martin Luther King quoted in his Twitter bio, who holds himself up as a paragon of values against competitors like Mark Zuckerberg.
1: What would have been the alternative for Apple? What do you think the company should have done?
0: I I do think one answer is, look, we have to follow the laws of the countries where we do business. People in China love Apple. We will continue to fight for China to open up. We will continue to fight for the values we hold dear. But we have no choice but to comply with the law. You see that in the United States.
1: It's a messaging issue.
0: I think it's a messaging issue. It's also a risk issue. Mm. That message carries a significant amount of risk especially in the context of the trade war. So for Apple to say, we disagree with the Chinese government at this moment, we will comply because we are forced to, but we are going to push for them to change, is a message that could be retaliated against. It's a message that could affect their market in China. It's a message that strikes at sort of the nationalism inside of China, which is strong, which does exist. It's basically a message saying, we're going to continue to try to export American values. That is the promise of globalization. That it's the trade we've sort of made, right? We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna open up the markets of the world. America is gonna go out. We're gonna export our values, our democracy, our free speech. I don't know if that trade has come to fruition. I think this is a, a moment of true reckoning about that trade, especially with the China speech issues. But that is a choice Apple could have made, and it is a choice they chose not to make.
1: Does it make sense that China would sort of lose its mind over a random app like? Hong Kong Map Live and the Quartz News app, these things seem kind of small. What does it tell you about China's state of mind right now?
0: When the internet was first sort of being established, there was a lot of sense that you couldn't stop it. Uh, I think Bill Clinton famously said to a conference, the internet's going to come to China and they're going to try to stop it. It's going to be like nailing jello to a wall. Mm. And everyone laughed. Everyone, Everyone just assumed that you couldn't stop the internet. What is abundantly true is that you can stop the internet. That you can in fact filter what people see. That you can you can cre- shut
1: it down entirely if you, you want to. You can
0: shut it down entirely. You can. The internet is a tool of extraordinary state control if it is used in that way. The apps and services that we're talking about here, they might seem like small potatoes, but they are fundamentally just symptoms of that larger control. Mm. Right. You you either do it all the way or you don't do it at all. And China's chosen to do it, it all the way, and that means the Quartz app has to go. And that is just how much control are you willing to accept? And in in that country, it appears the answer is all of it.
1: So why should people in the U.S. care about these apps getting removed in China and Hong Kong?
0: The way I've been thinking about it uh, is a little out there, but go with me. Uh, I think about emission standards. So California has the strongest car emissions standards in the country. So every car maker who comes and wants to play in the United States market builds to California standards. Mm-hmm. They're the strictest. It is the most efficient choice to pick California's rules.
1: Right, because otherwise you end up with cars with different car emission standards all over the country. That makes no sense. You just want to make one car, so you make it to California standards.
0: So now in a globalized information economy, in a globalized market, the strictest speech standards for the largest market are Chinese. So, of course, all the companies are going to pick the most restrictive standard. It's going to work everywhere. If you meet the Chinese standards, of course you're going to meet the United States standards. Okay, that makes sense for car emissions. Does it make sense for our companies to constrain their speech? Does it make sense for tech companies in particular, which make tools for other people to constrain the range of activities that those tools can help other people uh, achieve? That is a huge question. It is a philosophical question. It is a question that strikes right at the heart of the globalization debate. And so, yeah, it's the Quartz app. But do you want to be in a position where the next move for China is to say, hey, you, American startup that Chinese companies have invested in, we don't want you to distribute this news in America because they have that amount of leverage. These first instances, they seem small. They are not small to the people in China. They are not small to the protesters in Hong Kong. But they carry huge consequences in other arenas as, as this whole conversation moves forward.
1: Does Apple need China? Why pay attention to the Chinese government at all? It has – it's making money all over the world, right?
0: So if you look at the – so Apple absolutely needs China. There's there's no question there. It If you look at their financial performance and the growth of iPhone sales over the years – Literally unlocking a new carrier in China was the spike in revenue, was the spike in, in iPhone users year over year. They they ran out of countries to go into. They ran out of big Chinese mobile carriers and that growth plateau. So that is a huge market. It's a lot of people for them to serve. They are in that market. I think very notably, Google and Facebook are not in that market. Microsoft, to a large extent, is not really in the Chinese market. Apple is there. They sell hardware. They sell the products. They sell the services. They can't just walk away from that. It would, it would meaningfully change their revenue. It would meaningfully change their, their product cycles. And they really do build the products there. And moving those supply chains, moving those factories, moving that engineering expertise anywhere else in the world right now appears to be impossible. Could they do it over time? Maybe. But that is a multi-year phase out. So what you're really saying is you can walk away from China, but you will not make phones for several years (laughs) okay so you need to phase that transition out
1: okay so what i'm getting from you is that tech companies like apple there are others as well they need china and that means that they often end up making decisions that seem sort of anti-democracy where is this all going when you say tech companies that's
0: actually really it's important to unpack that apple's in china But Google and Facebook tried to go to China, and they couldn't figure it out. They could not reconcile their values with the demands of the Chinese government. Google famously left. Right. The the government wanted to censor the Google search engine there, and and they left. And then Google, more recently, has been trying to build a search engine for China. Very controversial, very secret. And their own employees said, no, stop this. And there are still rumors that they're trying to do it. But inside of Google, their employees do not want to build a censored search engine Mm -hmm. for the Chinese government. Facebook – uh, Mark Zuckerberg learned Mandarin. Like he, <laughs> he was, he wanted to be in China, mm-hmm. and he, they, they couldn't do it, and they, they just abandoned the market. And they're very clear that they don't want to be there. Do they want to be there in the future? Maybe, but right now they're not there because their strategy won't allow them to be there. Apple's strategy requires them to be there. So there's a different level of exposure. When you talk about tech companies, you really right. bundle them all together. There's a, ma- there's a massive difference in Apple's level of exposure to Chinese market versus Google
1: and Facebook. So with that in mind. With Apple being so vulnerable when it comes to the Chinese market, where do you think this is all going?
0: I think right now, for this incident, Apple rides it out. We are seeing that the, the sort of Chinese government affecting American companies story is not going away. I think the big danger for Apple is that that story continues to grow. It feeds into the nationalism in the United States and the nationalism in China. It feeds into the trade war narrative. And you end up at a place where Attorney General William Barr says, look, you're making concessions to the Chinese government. There's child porn and iMessage. Why won't you give me a backdoor to iMessage? That is a huge danger for Apple. That is, they're atta- attacking that and saying the government needs access to these phones. Why won't you unlock the phone for us when the, when the government comes calling? Apple has fought that fight. They have won that fight historically. They are correct to keep fighting that fight. That is a fight they could lose when the United States government gets to say, you make concessions to China.
1: Nilay Patel is the editor-in-chief of The Verge. He also hosts The Vergecast, a podcast I listen to every week. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: This is Reset. I'm Ariel Zimros. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at ADRS. And you can reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. If you haven't already... Subscribe to Reset on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcasts, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. We'll be back on Thursday. Later, nerds.